right. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host for the His Hardline podcast. This is a His Hardline education segment, and we are in part seven of the Magna Carta. We'll be doing a reading of the Magna Carta, and we'll be doing a reading on the final sections, the final clauses, 56 through 63. And today we are going to start with 56. And it says in clause 56, if we have deceased or removed Welshmen from lands or liberties or other things without the legal judgment of their peers in England or in Wales, they shall be immediately restored to them. And if a dispute arise over this, then let it be decided in the marches by the judgment of their peers for the tenements in England, according to the law of England, for tenements in Wales, according to the law of Wales, and for tenements in the marches, according to the law of the marches. Welshmen shall do the same to us and ours. So basically what this ensures is that Welshmen cannot be unjustly removed from their lands or liberties in England or Wales without a legal judgment from their peers. Disputes over such removals are to be resolved in the Welsh March marches region uh, by the judgment of their peers. And the legal system to be applied depends on the location of the property. In English law for England, Welsh law for Wales, and marcher law for the marches. It establishes a reciprocity, meaning that Welshmen must provide similar protections to Englishmen. So in essence, this clause guarantees fair legal process and rights for both Welsh and English residents in different regions. All right, clause 57, and it reads, Further, for all those possessions from which any Welshman has without the lawful judgment of his peers, let me just adjust my audio here, been deceased or removed by King Henry, our father, or King Richard, our brother, and which we retain in our hand, or which are possessed by others, and which we ought to warrant, we will have respite until the usual term of crusaders, excepting those things about which a plea has been raised or an inquest made by our order before we took the cross. But as soon as we return, or if perchance we desist, from our expedition, we will immediately grant full justice in accordance with the laws of the Welsh and in relation to the foresaid regions. Clause 57 here in the Magna Carta states that disputes over Welsh possessions unjustly taken by previous kings will be temporarily delayed until the king's return from a crusade. The king commits to providing justice based on Welsh laws for these cases after his return. All right, clause 58. It reads, we will immediately give up the son of Lyowellyn and all the hostages of Wales and the charters delivered to us as security for peace. So what Clause 58 is basically saying is that the king pledges to release the son of Lyowellyn, if I'm pronouncing that crap, you know, correctly, uh, but likely it's a reference to the Lyowellyn the Great, a Welsh prince and all hostages from Wales. The charters that were provided as security for maintaining peace will also be returned promptly. So in essence, this clause ensures the release of hostages and the return of charters that were held as guarantees of peace with Wales. Okay, clause 59. 
we will do towards Alexander, king of Scots, concerning the return of his sister and his hostages and concerning his franchises and his right in the same manner as we shall do towards our war barons of England, unless it ought to be otherwise according to the charters which we hold from William his father, formerly king of Scots, and this shall be according to the judgment of his peers in our court. So Clause 59 here basically states that the king will treat King Alexander of Scotland in the same way as his English barons regarding the return of his sisters, hostages, franchises, and rights. Any variations from this treatment will be based on the charters received from Alexander's father, William, the former king of Scotland. And the judgment on these matters will be made by King Alexander's peers in the king's court. So in essence, this clause outlines the fair treatment of King Alexander of Scotland based on established charters and the judgment of his peers in the king's court. Clause 60. It reads, moreover, all these aforesaid customs and liberties, the observances of which we have granted in our kingdom as far as pertains to us toward our men, shall be observed by all of our kingdom, as well clergy, as laymen, as far as pertains to them towards their men. So basically what this is saying is that all the customs and liberties previously granted by the king within his kingdom will be upheld by everyone, both clergy and laymen towards uh, their own subordinates and basically in short this clause ensures that the customs and liberties granted by the king are to be followed by everyone within the kingdom concerning their subordinates clause 61 reads since moreover for god and the amendment of our kingdom and for the better allaying of the quarrel that has arisen between us and our barons we have granted all these concessions desirous that they should enjoy them in complete and firm endurance forever we give and grant to them the underwritten security, namely that the barons choose five and twenty barons of the kingdom, whomsoever they will, who shall be bound with all their might to observe and hold and cause to be observed the peace and liberties we have granted and confirmed to them by this, our present charter, so that if we, our justiciar, or our bailiffs or any one of our officers shall in anything be at fault towards anyone or shall have broken any one of the articles of this peace or of this security and the offense be notified to four barons of the foresaid five and twenty-five the said four barons shall repair to us or our justiciar if we are out of the realm and laying the transgression before us, petition to have any transgression redressed without delay. And if we shall not have corrected the transgression, or in the event of our being out of the realm, if our justiciar shall not have corrected it within 40 days, reckoning from, from the time it has been intim, uh, intimated, excuse me, intim, yeah, intimated to us or to our justiciar. I wonder if I'm pronouncing that word correctly. Let me see here. I'm just curious. Sorry, guys. I've said this word like a thousand times. Hold on. Let's see. How do you say this word? Um, I thought I could hear it. Sorry. Hold on, guys. I just want to make sure I'm saying this right. Let's see. Just a SAR? Okay. I was doing like a speak to text here from the computer. So to our just a SAR, if we should be out of the realm, the four barons aforesaid 
shall refer that matter to the rest of the five and 25 barons. And those five and 25 barons shall together with the community of the whole realm, distrain and distress us in all possible ways, namely by seizing our castles, lands, possessions, and in any other way they can until redress has been obtained as they deem fit. Saving harmless our own person and the persons of our queen and children. And when redress has been obtained, they shall resume their old relations towards us and let whoever in the country desires it swear to obey the orders of the said five and 20 barons for the execution of all the aforesaid matters and along with them to molest us to the utmost of his power. And we publicly and freely grant leave to everyone who wishes to swear and we shall never forbid anyone to swear. All those moreover, moreover, in the land who of themselves and of their own accord are unwilling to swear to the 25 to help them in constraining and molesting us, we shall by our command compel the same to swear to the effect foresaid. And if any one of the five and 20 barons shall have died or departed from the land or be incapacitated in any other manner, which would prevent the foresaid provisions being carried out, those of the said 25 Barons who are left shall choose another in his place according to their own judgment, and he shall be sworn in the same way as the others. Further, in all matters, the execution of which is entrusted to these 25 barons, if perchance these 25 are present and disagree about anything, or if some of them, after being summoned, are unwilling or unable to be present, that which the majority of those present ordained or command shall be held as fixed and established exactly as if the whole 25 had concurred in this and the said 25 shall swear that they will faithfully observe all that is aforesaid and cause it to be observed with all their might and we shall procure nothing from anyone directly or indirectly whereby any part of these concessions and liberties might be revoked and diminished and if any such things has been procured let it be void and null and we shall never use it personally or by another so Clause 61, pretty long one. So the barons are to select 25 representatives who will ensure the king's adherence to the granted concessions and liberties. So if the king or his officers violate these terms and the matter is reported to four of the 25 representatives, they will seek redress from the king. Now, if the king does not rectify the violation within 40 days, the 25 barons together with the realm's community, all right, together with the realm's community. And I want you guys to take note to something real quick. Clause 61 is the big one that the reassembly of states really uses as a primary foundation of how we get set up and why we have the number of people that we do. It's all from Clause 61 here in the Magna Carta. So if the king does not rectify the violation within 40 days, the 25 barons, again, together with their realm's community, meaning the people in their own community, can take various measures, including seizing the king's castle, castles and possessions until the issue is resolved while keeping the king's person, queen and children safe. So anyone in the country is allowed to swear to obey the orders of these 25 barons and the king must compel those who are unwilling to swear. So if any one of these 25 is unable to fulfill their duty, the others will select a replacement and decisions will be made by a majority vote if there are disagreements among the 25. 
So the king is prohibited from seeking any means to revoke or diminish these concessions and liberties. Very, very important clause. Clause 62. And all the will, hatreds, and bitterness that have arisen between us and our men, clergy, and lay from the date of the quarrel, we have completely remitted and pardoned to everyone. Moreover, all trespasses occasioned by the said quarrel from Easter in the 16th year of our reign till the restoration of peace, we have fully remitted to all, both clergy and laymen, and completely forgiven as far as pertains to us. And on this head, we have caused to be made for them letters testimonial patent of the lord stephen archbishop of canterbury of the lord henry archbishop of dublin of the bishops aforesaid and of master pendulf as touching the security and the concessions aforesaid so clause 62 is basically stating that the king has completely forgiven and pardoned all the ill will hatred and bitterness that arose between him and his clergy and lay subjects since the beginning of the dispute so all trespasses related to this dispute from Easter in the 16th year of his reign until peace was restored have been fully remitted and forgiven by the king. So to confirm this, the archbishops, the bishops, and the master Pandolf have issued testimonial letters regarding this pardon and the previously mentioned concession. So in essence, this clause signifies the king's commitment to reconciliation and forgiveness for all past grievances and disputes. Now the last clause and the final clause of the Magna Carta here in part seven on the His Hardline Education segment. It reads, Wherefore we will infirmly order that the English church be free and that the men in our kingdom have and hold all the aforesaid liberties, rights, and concessions well and peaceably, freely and quietly, fully and wholly for themselves and their heirs of us and our heirs in all respects and in all places forever, as is aforesaid. An oath, moreover, has been taken as well on our part as on the part of the barons that all these conditions aforesaid shall be kept in good faith and without evil intent given under our hand the above named and many others being witnesses in the meadow which is called runnymede between windsor and Staines, on the 15th day of june and the 17th year of our reign so clause 63 signifies that the english church is to be free from interference and all the liberties rights and concessions granted by the king in the magna carta are to be held by the people of the kingdom and their heirs forever. And so both the king and the barons have taken an oath to uphold these conditions faithfully and without malice. So in summary, this clause emphasizes the long-lasting nature of the granted rights and the commitment to their faithful observance by both the king and the barons. So as we kind of round out and close out the Magna Carta Part 7 reading and the His Hardline Education segments here. And I do apologize. It has been a minute since the last reading. I've been dealing with a lot over the last two weeks and dealing with, you know, just being under the weather and so on and so forth. But this is a lot of what our reassembly of states, a part of our foundation that we stand on, on top of the Holy Bible. That's our biggest and primary one. That's where a lot of common laws derive from is the Holy Bible, right? God's Word. And then on top of that, you know, you got your Declaration of Independence, you got, you know, your your uh, U.S. Constitution for the United States of America, not of the United States, but for the United States of America. And there's many other documents that are out there. 
the fundamental orders of 1638, the fundamental orders of Connecticut, you know, Connecticut, you know, from 1638. These are the documents of which we stand on and we base a lot of our operations and functions and the foundations that we stand on is based on all of these, all of these documents. Again, including the Holy Bible being the number one authoritative document. So the reason I do these segments in bite-sized pieces is so it's a little easier for people who don't really have the time to go and research this and read these documents. You can just pop in a podcast, listen to it for the next you know, 10, 15 minutes and try to soak in little pieces here and there because it's easier for you to listen to something than I think than to go look it up and read it for yourself because we're all so busy in our lives. And if you have a 15, 20, 30, 40 minute jaunt to work, this is the perfect way to kind of get in a little education while riding to work. So do me a favor, please share this with your friends and family. Again, hishardline.com. You can also find a lot of this information on www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. And if you have any questions regarding how to get involved with your general general assemblies, whether on the county or state level, please email uh, contentmanager at yahoo.com. That's contentmanager at yahoo.com. I believe it's at, at content manager. Let me see. I just want to make sure that I'm not giving you content manager. Ah, excuse me. That's a correction. Content manager and then the number one at yahoo.com. That's C-O-N-T-E-N-T-M-A-N. A-G-E-R, the number one, at yahoo.com. So email Destry at contentmanager1 at yahoo.com and just let them let them know what state you're in in the subject line. Don't make a book in the, in the, in the body of the email. Just say, hey, my name is so-and-so. Here is my phone number. I am in this state. I'm in this county. I'm trying to get in contact with somebody um, in my state regarding being involved in the assembly. All right. <clears throat> so do that. Check it out. Be part of history and let's regain our sovereignty and our freedom back while restoring the republic because that is our responsibility, not just for ourselves, but for our posterity. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have an excellent day, excellent night, wherever you're at in the world. Thank you for joining us for this His Hardline educational segment. That concludes part seven of the reading of the Magna Carta. And please stay tuned for the next segment or sections that we're going to do for a His Hardline education segment. I hope you have a blessed day or night wherever you're at in the world and keep coming back. God bless.